Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. In this HR Chat episode, we're going to be delving into powerful strategies to develop a company culture based on ideation and creativity. And our guest this time is the awesome, fabulous, famous Simon Trevathan. Simon is a speaker on resilience, inspiration, and innovation. As a presenter, Simon energizes audiences while delivering personal, professional, and business growth insights. Founder and Chief Inspiration Officer at Elevate Your Greatness, Simon focuses his energy on helping others find and ignite their passion to achieve their greatness. Simon has facilitated hundreds of sessions and sparked energetic conversations about innovation and business transformation. An international keynote speaker, Simon has addressed over 50,000 people at conferences, training seminars, and workshops to date. A storyteller, strategist, and business coach, Simon has led and consulted on change efforts in the public, not-for-profit, and private sectors. Global in viewpoint, but local in impact, he has been an executive consultant and speaker in Africa, the Middle East, Europe, and North America. Simon has also worked as a journalist and international spokesperson for major humanitarian organizations in conflict zones. And Simon's going to be speaking at the upcoming Innovate Work Peel Summit happening on March 3rd. We'll be right back after this message. This podcast episode is sponsored by Virgin Pulse, the number one global employee well-being solution provider, supporting 7.5 million members in 20 languages across 190 countries. Virgin Pulse offers solutions that deliver on their home base for health vision of simplifying and unifying other point products into a better together ecosystem and transform the mental, physical, financial, social, community, and emotional health of organizations and their people. You can learn more at virginpulse.com. Simon, it's my absolute pleasure to welcome you to the show today. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for having me on. So beyond my introduction there, please introduce yourself a bit more. Tell our audience about your career background, the genesis of EYG, and how the firm helps individuals and organizations unpack the secrets of success. Absolutely. Thanks, Bill, again. Um, so this has been a long journey. I have always had a passion and a fascination with how ideas turn into action and create value for others. And that, that passion and ideas is not only from a personal perspective, but from the perspective of leaders, but also organizations. And it really came from a, a real reflection that many companies, organizations have a problem with, with moving away from the past, from legacy experiences and embracing innovation and embracing change. And when I looked into that throughout my careers, which I'll explain in a moment, a lot of it came down to holding on to the past, a resistance to change, but also the, the need to embrace ideas from way beyond their own sector and experience. So in my, in my personal career path has been a, you know, a varied one. I started off in journalism and working in post-conflict areas and also for humanitarian organizations. I've done work in the public private sector as a, as a consultant, as an executive leading transformation offices. But I've also uh, worked extensively in international development. I've worked in Africa, the Middle East, and other regions. So it really is 
seeing the similarities between the experiences of organizations across many sectors and verticals, and seeing the need for these organizations, particularly in a more complex world of which we all are in, the need to turn ideas into something of value through consistent action. And what it came down to was really focusing on that idea of what is it in your culture, your organizational culture, which is kind of acting as resistance to enabling you to unlock value and ideas. And a lot of this comes down to kind of the individual culture, how an organization hires recruits and promotes, but also around the, the ideas around leadership. How does a leader amplify and enable ideas or prohibit ideas in the team they, 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 um, they manage and lead? Ultimately, if it's a big organization, how do all of those layers in an organization inhibit and actually act as rigidities to embrace new approaches that could actually be transformative for the organization? Well, thank you very much. So um, as I briefly mentioned in the intro, you're going to be presenting at the second Innovate Work Peel event happening on March 3rd. So in a somewhat self-serving fashion as one of the uh, co-founders of Innovate Work, I've, uh, I've come up with a bunch of questions for you today, Simon, which are touching upon uh, key areas that you're going to be you're going to be talking about in your session. Uh, your session, I believe, is called Spark Innovation Without Spending a Dime. So uh, let, let's get into some of those questions now. Firstly, what does it mean to work in a company culture that truly promotes innovation? Great question. What does it mean to work in a company culture that promotes innovation? Well, I think behind that question is the essential key idea that every company needs to have innovation. If you're not innovating, particularly in a more competitive world, and it's not just a company, it could be a non-for-profit, and it could even be a public sector organization. If you're not changing and embracing change, if you're not finding new ideas to embrace and thrive within, then actually you may be behind the competition. If you're not looking for ideas beyond your sector, not just within your sector, new ways of delivering your product, not just making your product, you may be behind the competition. So when it comes to actually a company culture, what I think it comes down to is, does your culture enable ideas? Does it allow them to emerge, thrive, and grow? Does your culture allow people to bring their whole self, their creative self, to work? and give ideas and it could be anything from an engineering company to a digital company to any kind of sector or vertical do you allow the sum of creativity and ideas in your organization to thrive and bubble up i mean a lot of what i've seen is companies that actually prevent that there are processes and procedures and maybe in the worst cases group think that prevent us looking at key businesses and how we deliver our product I always love the, the, the idea from Disney, and his idea of a leader was he, Walt Disney always said that he, his job and his huge organization was to act as a pollinator, a bee dancing from area to area, pollinating ideas and spreading ideas. And I think that's really key when you look at great cultures, innovative cultures, is they're porous to ideas, not rigid to the past and held to the past. So I think a great innovative culture is a culture that is porous to ideas even beyond their sector. Because all companies have one mission, 
which is to de deliver value to the marketplace. It doesn't matter if you're a cosmetics brand or a pharmaceutical brand, or even, like I said, a construction company. You, you fulfill that thing or equation. The, the key is, what can I learn from others and embrace within our world today? Perfect. Thank you very much. Now, uh, your framework, which we're going to delve into very shortly, is focused on understanding the customer's perspective by seeking out trends, signals, and insights. Um, this show, of course, is geared towards HR folk, uh, leaders, operations, people uh, involved with uh, company culture and engagement. So talk to our listeners a bit about the connection between customer experience and the employee experience. How do they overlap and how do they feed into each other? That's a wonderful question. I mean, here's the most humblest answer to that question. Most, all employees are customers. They, they're customers both within the country and beyond. They experience customer experiences. When they go out into any retail space, they're having interactions, different kinds of interactions. Often the challenge being is that the, 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 cust the internal experience and them as a private individual, as a, as a customer themselves, are divorced. And really a key piece is to bridge that gap. And I've gone into organizations where they have, they've admitted challenges with the way they interact with their customers. They have poor customer interaction. And I get them to ask, what is the best experiences you have, regardless of what that experience may be? From a, could be from a restaurant to a retail to, I don't know, a Disney World experience. And how would we import those experiences into the work you do? And that's the key. Bridging the experience between your private lives, as it were, as a, as a customer, into your work lives. How do we inject those experiences? It doesn't mean you become those companies. It doesn't mean that. What it does mean is we actually take the best and pick from the best to bring it towards our organization. The other piece to this, and it's a very humble piece, is often in any sector, the difference between ordinary or average and truly exceptional companies is often a sliver. It's literally often little more than 2%. It really is often little more than 2%. And what do I mean by that? There's a very, there's a luxury hotel brand. We all know it, I won't speak to it. And when I actually looked into the customer's experience, and they actually asked their customers, the people who stay at the hotel, they thought it was because of their exceptional concierge service, their exceptional um, hotel experience, et cetera, et cetera. And they looked at all of these elements. And when it came down to it, the key differentiator of why people kept on coming back was because this company allows you to choose your pillow. That was it. It allowed you to choose your pillow. The customers expected all of those other quality indicators to be there. But it was that little difference, that little feather-like difference, which was the reason why they had loyal to this brand and kept on coming back. If you're a business traveler, you want a great night's sleep, and it's that little minute difference that tipped you over and made you a loyal customer of that incredible brand. Perfect. Thanks very much. Now, in a fast-changing world, you explain, innovation is vital to a business's future success. Coming, coming up with key ideas, new ideas is great, but how can leaders turn them into actions that actually create value within organizations? That's a great question. 
I mean, the first thing to think about that is we tend to, when we think about innovation, think about products. And we tend to also, when we think about innovation, there's a tendency to think about it as a digital experience, which is undoubtedly true. Many of the great changes we've seen over the last 10, 15, 20 years have been digital and they've been product-based. It's that amazing smartphone on your hip. But there's so much more than just products. There's also innovation around the way you make things, the process or the procedures. And this is particularly relevant to uh, professionals in the HR experience. The way we do something can be just as important as the end product or the outcome we're trying to achieve. Not, and not only the process, there's also people. So one of the interesting things that I'm particularly interested in is innovation around how we organize people, different kinds of structures. And we see that from a raft of experiences, all the way from small groups, which are highly creative, call it the special forces, the SWAT teams, all the way to how you build those into structures. So I think what you need to look at is when you actually like zoom out, is not just what are we making, the product, the service, the units of service, but in a fast changing world and really embracing an innovative culture, look at the way you're producing, the process, the people, how we organize people, how we bring ideas together, and most importantly, how we rethink leadership from an innovation experience. Similar to my example earlier around Disney, I think the essence of an innovative leader is how they understand the thermostat of ideas in their organization. Do they allow ideas to permeate and percolate within their realm of control? Do you actually allow what, different ideas, wild ideas to come in and thrive? Because often what I like to talk to about in organizations is what happens on the margin of any sector, any experience will be tomorrow's mainstream. So are we open as a leader to that thermostat of ideas and cranking up the creativity, but being porous to the ideas beyond ourselves beyond our sector okay thanks very much so what's the what's the role of hr and culture pros then in in facilitating innovation and establishing a culture of creativity in organizations where, where, where do they fit in uh, should they be championing this stuff how do they go about doing that absolutely i i think hr professionals regardless of their you know their level where they are in, in their career have a key role in building an innovative culture. Along with key ideas around inclusion and diversity, innovation is where an organization often will succeed or fail. And so they have a key role in terms of making sure that we're promoting, recruiting, and retaining the right talent. And so if innovation isn't within all of us and creativity is in all of us, it's giving people that space to enable them to be creative. And it doesn't mean, I mean, some organizations, as you might well know, give people time off to do innovative things. You may not have that luxury, but what it does mean is you can think about new ways of giving time and space in the work week to explore ideas. And I've seen many organizations that have tried to instill that side of the desk in making it part of the desk experience. So HR, I think, is a key piece in actually looking and actually building a creative competence in the organization. And what do we mean by that? Because often, it's, as I said, you can have ex people with exactly the same experiences, qualifications, but if you allow them to run free a little, give them a little controlled air of chaos, then we can actually enable ideas to thrive. 
And so I think HR and HR professionals have an incredible role to play in building that flexibility, building the resilience in the organization to take greater risk, measured risks, but also control risk. And by the way, HR professionals have an enormous role to play in reshaping our understanding around failure. Because it's not every idea will succeed the first time round, given. So what do we mean by allowing us a, a degree of organizational failure in order to experiment with new paths? It doesn't mean you, you, put, you bet the farm on every innovation. It may mean, though, that we allow ourselves an opening of the aperture of ideas and enabling the space to have a degreed control of failure to explore new ideas. Okay, thanks very much. So let's uh, let's get into more of the details then, in terms of your your session on on March third. You, you'll be speaking at the Appeal Summit uh, in terms of uh, a whole bunch of areas, but which you're having to compress because we're only giving you uh, ten minutes to talk, and then there's a a Q and A for about five minutes afterwards. Um, so you, you're going to be compacting nine steps into a three part framework. Simon, tell tell me about the nine steps briefly, uh, one through nine, sure. um, and in in thirty seconds or less for each. Um, and then we'll get into okay that, that, that those are the details um, and and at, at a higher level what can folk expect to hear uh, at, at the uh, session itself so to, take us through those nine steps absolutely so the first one is like what is innovation and in my and I think the humblest way to describe that is having ideas taking action and creating value and the key piece is creating value for whom. And the value you can create from innovation could be for a customer, it could be for an internal customer, and that's very relevant to HR people. But the, react, the, the key here is for someone, creating value someone. A great product that has no market doesn't matter. So innovation, when you think about it humbly, is a great idea that is driven through action to create something of value for a, for a customer or a client. Step number two, jumping, jump-starting great ideas. Um, a key one here is actually to think about what is a great idea. Rarely do we actually have a eureka moment. That's the point you're sitting in the bath and a game-changing moment. What you realize is that the great ideas often are the accumulation of lots of small ideas. One thing I like to say is this. Creativity is a personal experience. Innovation is often a team experience bringing people together to build something of value. And ultimately, leadership is an action experience, make, turning those things into something of action. So the key piece around creating great ideas is to understand how do we harness individual creativity and build that into a collective and meld those ideas into innovation of a team, and how do we actually move this forward with deliberate and directed action. Step number three. Asking disruptive questions. This is really the, the idea of opening up the aperture of ideas. So often we ask questions which are actually frozen in the legacies of the organization. I see this a lot in big organizations, bureaucracies, where they actually try, where tomorrow's plan looks like yesterday's plan with a few marginal assumptions added. The real question about disruptive questions is, what if we had no resources or had limitless resources? What would we do? Those what if questions. But more importantly, just those what if questions to give you kind of a, 
a kind of a menu of options, a potential options, is always root your questions in the customer's experience, not you as the person creating this and delivering this product. So that's really key, rooting your questions in the customer's experience. Innovative cultures. Now, again, this tends to, we tend to think of the digital world, those great Silicon Valley as rich, innovative cultures, and yes, they are. But innovative cultures lie all around us. They can be humble or huge. But what are the elements of an innovative culture? Yes, it can be about giving people autonomy around their ideas. It can allow them to thrive. But it's also about a leadership competence and a shared competence around creativity. We all have a role in actually enabling this, this organization to grow. Innovations can be very small, but they can accumulate into something extraordinary. So giving this sense of contribution of all around a creativity competence. Designing out from your customer, another key step, is really, it's not just walking your customer's shoes, but viewing the world through your customer's eyes, their experience, and actually learning through their eyes how they experience your organization. A really interesting insight around understanding your customer is what's stopping them from buying your service or doing the behavior that you would like and understanding their barriers and also what is drawing them to your product. The opening the aperture of ideas, very similar to the idea of asking disruptive questions, is really asking questions as an organization. We do a lot with this with different companies. We often compare ourselves with likes. Why? Because there are competitors. Why? Because it's an easy comparison. There's easy metrics. But really opening that aperture and actually comparing ourselves to wildly different organizations and experiences and say, what can we learn from them? Maybe it's a marketing exercise or an HR practice or maybe it's a process practice. What can we learn by opening that aperture of ideas to understand that we're taking the full complement of experiences and how we would thrive in our organization? This leads me really on to the question of that sandwich is exactly that, looking beyond your sector. Often, as I said before, we tend to be focused directly on what we do, how we do it. How can we actually, again, look beyond what we do and the sector we live in. So that we have those marginal examples, those marginal benefits. Particularly when it comes to customer experiences, what can we learn from a wildly different customer experience and import those practices, those behaviors and beliefs? Because ultimately, what is quality? Quality is a consistent application of a high standard. If you harness that with a package of ideas, you can often come up with an innovative experience that gives you that incredible uh, market advantage. Blue ocean, red reality. Well, I think there's a challenge in thinking that all innovation has to be wildly disruptive. And yes, that makes the headlines. Yes, that makes the market valuation. But much, many ideas, many innovations are very humble. And for many organizations, small, medium, or even large, they're somewhat put off that it has to be have the magnitude of disruption in order to be significant. Sometimes innovation can be very small, but actually can accumulate into an incredible advantage. So again, think of it not as necessarily a digital product, 
but think of it all the way through from all the products and services, the processes, the way you serve people, how you serve people, the customer's experience, but also how we organize ourselves and the people within our organization. And lastly, what do people need from you as a leader, as an HR leader? Here's the very simple point. What are people looking for you is not for you to take recognition, but to give recognition, to build that sense of a space where we can all thrive and give our ideas to this organization. You've hired them for your talents, but are you actually leveraging the full capacity of their talents? And that really speaks to the idea of opening the open, cranking up the thermostat of creativity, allowing people to thrive in ideas, knowing that it has to be an idea that we can actually turn into something of value, a product or a service. So, with those kind of things, what I'm going to be spoke, speaking about on, um, so what I'm, sorry, one question. So again, what I'm going to be speaking about at the summit, uh, the Peel Summit on March 3rd, is a condensing these nine steps into really focusing on the seminal idea, which is this. If you really want to think about innovation, think about it as, as a simply as a spectrum that an organization can stand with on. One around order, one around chaos. And the importance is as organizations grow, they tend to remove that kind of creativity and replace it with order, structure, process, which is incredibly vital because we do need that to have consistent applications of standards and quality. But the key here is how do we at each point measure and deliberately inject creativity, a measure of chaos into a decision to make sure that we're opening the aperture of ideas? How do we deliberately inject a customer's experience or a customer's insights into a decision, into a, into a process in order to ensure that we're enabling innovation to happen? How do we deliberately inject an, an element of creativity, an element of chaos into how we actually think out with our processes and, pre and procedures in order to ensure that tomorrow's world is going to be different than yesterday's, but we're ready to anticipate it and drive forward within it. Wonderful. Thank you very much. And uh, listeners, once again, Simon's session is called Spark Innovation Without Spending a Dime. I can't wait to see it. I'm going to be there hosting the show, so I better get a haircut and whatnot. Um, just before we wrap up for today, Simon, how can our listeners learn more about you? Absolutely fabulous. So, I mean, you can I've got, if you if you look on the, the standard uh, social media channels, all there. Alternatively, my site is uh, elevateyourgreatness.com. But if you want to connect on YouTube, uh, Instagram, all those good things, LinkedIn, there's all my kind of work. I've got examples of what we do and how we do it. Okay. Well, that just leaves me to say for today, Simon. Thank you very much for being a guest on this episode of the HR Chat Show. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. And this, there's one one last shameless plug for the uh, Innovate Work Peel Summit happening uh, March 3rd. If you haven't got your tickets yet and you're in the Mississauga area, you should totally come along. We've got some amazing speakers, including Simon, of course, and uh, and Stephen from Simon Sinek Inc. and a bunch of other amazing folks. So uh, please do join myself and Rob Catalano and Aldine Simmons Thorpe and, and the rest of the gang. Uh, but for today, that just leaves me to say, to you the audience as always until next time happy working 
Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.